to Wrestling with the Future. I'm your host, Psychic Medium Angelo, joined as always by Jeff the Ref Robinson. Our friend Mike Messier joins us along with Shane McKenna from the Facebook Wrestling Fans page and a member of that page, Susie Holberg. And Susie, I hope I'm saying your name properly. Yep, you did. Okay. Uh, if you watch the show regularly or listen to us on a daily basis, you know this is not the usual introduction. We uh, have uh, breaking news as we go on the air tonight. Sad news of the passing of uh, Rocky Johnson. He is Dwayne the Rock father's uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's father. Uh, he passed away today at the age of seventy-five. There has been no cause of death listed as of yet by the hospital. Uh, or the medical examiner, uh, or and or police department. So we uh, send our condolences to the Johnson family. In a uh, related news story, Scott Teal, who was writing a book on Rocky Johnson, abruptly uh, stopped writing that book, and as a member of the Cauliflower Alley Club Board of Directors, resigned over that book. We will have information next week on the show. Uh, as to why that transpired. In fact, we may have information as early as tomorrow night when our guest will be Nicola Roberts' baby doll. But for tonight, uh, we extend our condolences to the Johnson family on the loss of soul man, Rocky Johnson. Jeff, take it away, Jeff. This is kind of your baby tonight. Right. Well, tonight we are going to be addressing basically social media and how it plays in today's wrestling world. And along with uh, just kind of direct, the direction that it's taken as far as from when the, some of us grew up being a fan versus now and how it's affected, I, I think, in the, the wrestling product in general. And then, I mean, as you know, we got a, uh, the, the guy here, uh, Shane, he was in charge of the wrestling fan fan page. Um, how long, real quick, Shane, I'm just going to get into that really quick, which I just actually did it in memory of Rocky Johnson for NXT, just to let everybody know. Um, but, uh, uh, Shane, how long have you had that group uh, in effect on, 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 on Facebook? Yeah, hey, hey, guys, thanks for having me. Great uh, long-time wrestling fan, first-time uh, caller here. But I've had the group since September 2017. Okay. And uh, it's got over 32,000 members. Oh, my uh, God. It, it's crazy to uh, see everyone debate and talk about wrestling and all that. I mean, I know that some of our discussions on that page can get rather uh, interesting from time to time up there. And I mean, you know, some of it can get heated. Sometimes it's not. I mean, it's got to be kind of even harder for you as a moderator on what to even make a judgment call on what's allowed, what's not allowed, and when do you put a kibosh on something versus let it kind of go. Yeah, we allow everything as long as it's talking about wrestling yeah. and not bullying or attacking and targeting members. So uh, we average 200,000 posts a month, and uh, of all of that, you'll have one or two here and there that could be attacking or uh, need to remove somebody. But for the most part, it's just fun wrestling fans talking about wrestling. There you go. Okay. Now, Mikey, how are you doing tonight? Mikey Messier is here, and I'm very happy to be here. And uh, I would say that I'm one of the, um, probably the original four or 5,000 wrestling fans, uh, Facebook group members. And I've had the pleasure of talking to Shane on his own podcast once or twice. And I know that Shane's a, a big uh, 
pro wrestling enthusiast, so I'm doing well. That's good. And Susan, how about you? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I've been a fan for, well, pretty much since I was born. Uh, my parents used to work, we used to have wrestling in this area every weekend, and my parents would either work security or set up or whatever, and so I pretty much grew up around it. Um, and I did take a break from watching it for a while because it, it just got to be too much. So I started watching it for at least 10 years. Wow. And then I came back watching it again. And I hate the fact that I took a break from it. I seem to have forgotten all the old wrestling knowledge that I had. Every once in a while, some trivial thing will come up that I know I used to know the answer to, and I can't think of it now. Yeah, now, real quick, I, I mean, I guess one thing that I would say is social media, I think, comes into play a lot these days as far as the wrestling product goes. I mean, uh -huh. like, fans tend to... I mean, think I, I honestly actually say, thank God that the Internet really wasn't it but a baby when Nitro and, and Raw were going at war. Because so many fans, AEW, and then you got the NXT fans who just want to, it's like they want to attack each other instead of going, you know what, you like yours, I like mine, let's go with it. What do you, what do you think about that, Shane? I mean, do you see that a lot on the board, a lot of the us versus them mentality? Yeah, there's always posts about ratings, do ratings matter, or one week AEW's up and with 800,000 viewers, and the next week it's 750, and I, I love the competition. I think back about 10 years ago, January 4th, remember when Raw and uh, Impact went live with head-to-head, um, -head, right when Bret Hart returned and oh, yeah. Hogan was on Impact. But that's the last time we've really had the Monday Night Wars. So I think having them now on Wednesdays or whatever night we have them, we're going to always have that us versus them mentality. And even um, watching the, the network or watching live on TV, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts if ratings matter? Uh, do you think ratings matter, and do you like the head-to-head -head back and forth? Oh, I, I mean, personally, I like the head-to-head, -head, but I mean, I don't know that rate. I don't know the ratings matter as much these days as they once did. I mean, when you, case in point, TNT just announced today that they just signed. Uh, they just signed AEW until 2023 without nothing to prove. I mean, they just signed them for another two years or three years. They might, so they might add a second show and, weekly as well. And I'm all for everybody having a place to work. I don't want to see AEW fold or anything like that. But, I mean, if ratings mattered that much even to the TV stations these days, I don't know that they would have signed them to such a, you know, you know for another three years without nothing, with them not even having proved anything other than for the last four months. Jeff, can I, can I interject here? Go ahead. Okay. I was a member of Shane's group uh, and no longer am. I say was a member. I enjoyed the time that I spent there, but one of the issues I have, particularly with social media regarding pro wrestling, is that, and Shane, everybody who listens to this show knows that, and Jeff will tell you, I have this saying, you know, every wrestling fan is an expert. They're all experts. Yep. I forgot more about wrestling than most of these kids will ever learn. Okay. Uh, so let's let's be clear. I left Shane's group out of, out of pure necessity. The aggravation was killing me. There are some people, however, 
like Mike Messier, who I love to death, who will make an argument and who likes to argue. I'm a lover. I'm not a fighter. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I. I have no interest in fighting with anybody. I don't want to debate. It's just a look. If you like what you like, enjoy it. Okay. Susie, uh, you know, uh, uh, she she pointed out a classic case, Jeff. What was that? She left. She left wrestling for ten years. It was too much for her. I left wrestling for twenty years. I, I myself, years. I guess I'm that one weird guy who's never pulled myself away from it. I never have. It's always been my mistress and my lover and my best friend that I've always been able to turn to that's always been there for me. Yes. I was a kid growing you up. Take, but Jeff, you take comfort in that. I do. It was no longer comforting for me. No, I get that. I do. I totally get that too. I mean, I, can, Jeff, can I ask you a question to Shane? Yeah. Because I know I promised that this was going to be. No, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. Shane, my question to you is simple. As the moderator and creator of this group, what say-so do you have over how much debate and or argument you'll allow? What do you mean say-so? What's an example? What input do you have over how much you'll... I guess it's kind of what I was asking. How much do you let them get away with before you finally, finally put a kibosh on it? Good, yeah. yeah. Good. I, I let a lot go on until somebody messages me on the Facebook Messenger or until they report a comment or things like that. So I, uh, it's hard to see uh, 175 or 200,000 comments uh, a month. It's hard to go through that and comb through it and look for. There are keyword alerts now where you can uh, put in certain words and be notified about that. But even that, uh, do I want to comb through that and, and do I enjoy doing that? So the short answer is everything goes and, and they have it out, have fun, enjoy the group. If someone's really giving you a hard time, block them or shoot me a message or report a comment. Does that answer your question? It does for me. I mean, thank, thank you. Thank you. Mike, Mike or Susie, is your experience different or is that is that your experience? Well, well I, I guess I'll jump. Go ahead, Susie. I would say my experience in the group, I'm actually not on there as much as I used to be um because for a while when aew was getting started that people would comment on things or, and i would remark and i would get jumped on yeah it was like back they started bashing me calling me and all kinds of names and stuff and i would fight that with them for a while but then it's just like i don't have time for this i'll just do something else instead and so i I have another group that I spend quite a bit of time in. and we all get, we get arguments in that group, but it's not as bad as sometimes that it is in wrestling things. Okay, makes sense. Jeff, Jeff, I have a question for you. Go. What is it about social media that's so divisive when it comes to wrestling? I have really, I, I don't, I mean, I think social media is probably, with wrestling fans, is probably where you're going to see some of the most passionate people you will ever see in, in a walk in any walk of life. I mean, more so than any even sports fan out there supporting their team, more than any, you know, it's crazy to watch. I mean, when, 
I mean, case in point, recent history, when because of a comment that Jim Cornette made on a TV show, Twitter takes over, and all of a sudden, he's pulled off the air. Yeah. I mean, that to me is crazy. That, that just, like, is beyond my comprehension of that the power of social media is like that these days where the wrestling culture is concerned. When yeah. it used to be, get a thick skin or don't watch. I mean, like, well, get up then Jeff, I have, a, I have a question for you. Yeah. Was it social media that did that, or was it Cornette's mouth? I, I think it was... Okay, Cornette did not do himself any favors by the comment, but social media came into play as far as going after the NWA and sure. and, and, and and telling them, we're not going to watch you if you don't pull them off the air. And then as soon as they pull them off the air, guess what? They still didn't watch. They actually turned they turned them off in droves. That's a very good point, Jeff. Mikey, chime in here, please. I, I guess my thought is that, for me, I enjoy provoking people and Shane's Shane's group along with other groups why not provoke people to me I mean I remember going to the Baltimore arena and you'd have rock and roll express fans uh, getting into shouting matches with Tully and Arn fans you'd have Barry Windham fans about to fist fight with great Muda fans in Asheville North Carolina so for me uh, it's like an old-fashioned hockey game the Flyers versus the Capitals in the 1980s there should be a little bit of testosterone, a little bit of machismo amongst the fans. And if it's keyboard warriors and that's all it is, that's fine. But I, I think that we live in a society that demands politeness, political correctness, uh, watch your P's and Q's, don't upset anybody. We're always being videotaped everywhere you go. So if a social media forum, like on Facebook, uh, for professional wrestling which, believe it or not, folks, is based on conflict, if that's where people can have a little bit of fun and let their hair down and insult somebody, uh, then that's fine. That's all good fun. Nobody gets hurt. Fair enough. I, I mean, I, I, I could get that, but I mean, I think at, at the same token, like Susan was saying, they're, they're taking it a little too far. I mean, just because she had a comment... You get 20 or 30 people all of a sudden dive in on you and go, you're wrong and you suck and you're this and you're that. You don't need to name call me because of my opinion. You don't agree with it. Well, I you think, know, well, like, I may not I, agree with something you say, Mike, but I'm not going to sit there and go, well, look here, you suck and so did your mom and your dad and your cat. You know, hey. like, I'm not going to go in and insult everybody, you know, just because your opinion is different than mine. I've, I've, had, I've had professional wrestlers retweet and insult me. Lance Storm, Disco Inferno, Joey Ryan have all insulted me on, on Twitter, and I'm still sitting here. I'm not crying about it. You know, I think actually fans take pride in, in having a wrestler cut a promo on them on Twitter. I really do. I mean, it, that I think to them is like the ultimate go-to, like, hey, look at that there. I riled them up, you know, or I got blocked by them, you know. Yeah, I've been, I've been blocked by Jericho. I've, I've been blocked by Cornette, and I still buy his stuff. I still buy his hamburger towels and so forth. Oh, hey, I don't I take it blocked. personally. It, it took me eight months, but I got blocked by Joey Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm be getting on him about when his penis flips. So. He's, he's horrible. <laughs> I popped Sue on that one. <laughs> well, I, you know, as, as you guys are, are discussing this, I just got a message from uh, a guest we had just the last week, as a matter of fact. Uh, and Jeff, uh, 
our friend Kenny Bolin says to say hi, and he wants me to uh, put a shout out to everybody watching Wrestling with the Future. So, from the star maker Kenny Bolin, hello and good day, sir. Uh, you talk about Mr. Controversy. There is one guy right there. I, I guess I have a question if I could raise it, Angelo and Jeff, to, to the panel, to Shane, to Susan, to everybody. And and I guess I want to do something a little bit extreme. And, and Instead of just wondering what's good about Raw or what's this or that, um, is WWE worth watching? That's the hardcore question I'd like to ask everybody to give a Shane. personal opinion. Shane, then I'll chime in. Go. All right, so is it worth watching? Yeah, but I unfortunately judge the success of how good Raw is or SmackDown by how much I fast forward through the show, and uh, <laughs> I, I don't watch it live. So imagine back about 15, 20 years ago before DVR and you know watching with VCR, it was fun to watch it live. You might catch something goofy, you might catch something that wasn't supposed to be on there, but when I'm watching it now and if I fast forward through a segment, I'm not going to catch some of those things like the security guards tackling uh, the preacher things like that. So when I'm, the long-winded answer to your question is I'm watching it. I'm still a fan. I watch the pay-per-views. I enjoy the group. I love talking wrestling. But I think the quality has gone down some a little bit. And um, when they come to town, I don't go as often as I used to uh, a few years ago. I, I, I wish I had that energy and desire and love to go and pay uh, 35 45 75 bucks to go show, uh, to, to watch a show. What about you, Sue? I'm, I think it's watchable. If nothing else, support the, the watch certain wrestlers that you, that the fans, you know, they can pick and choose who they like. And supporting them is important as much as supporting the company. I don't agree with everything the company is doing. I don't get it. Like the Bobby Lockheed lawn crap, I don't get it. But apparently people love it. And I really say quit so the storyline fits in. It's gone on way too long already. But I still watch it. Even when I wasn't watching wrestling regularly, I would check in every once in a while and catch it. Um, my biggest thing was I grew up here uh, being close to Kansas City. I was on a WCW. Oh, that yeah. was my that was my company. When it started going downhill and it looked like WWE was going to buy it, that's when I quit watching. And I regret doing that now because I did miss some great things. But at the time, I just wasn't feeling it anymore. It didn't matter. Uh, I reported it more than I watched it live. And it was just, I decided to just give it a break and... Well, it wasn't the same for you. The only reason I came back was I actually was flipping through the channels and it was on and I watched it and watched it and the match that I watched was a Roman Reigns match. And I know everybody did the he was a big guy, and he could do things that other people that they did back in the day. And since then, I can I can watch it. I now have plenty of favorites. Some of my the old people that I watched are still there. And 
Susie, I have a question for you. You just yes. told Jeff that when WCW was bought out by WWE, you stopped watching. Why did yes. you do that? Because I wasn't a WWE person at the time. I and wow. even to this day, I don't have the McMahon style. And I mean, I know the man's a genius when it comes to creating things, but it's just not. I, there's just something that WCW had that WWE is, didn't, and it's still missing now. And even though I see AEW, and they have the WCW feel to them, but they're not there. And I know I just seen on an article that they're thinking about adding a second show. It is way too early for them to be starting a second show. Agreed. Yeah. Shane, do you hear do, do you hear the argument that that Susie is making? Do you hear that on your site? Yeah, certainly. I, I agree. I think it's too early to start a show, but um, comparing. AEW now to where WCW was over, you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 years isn't a fair comparison, but I do have some of the look and feel of WCW, I think, but no, what she's saying is very common trend and very common people um, were either WWE fans or WWF at the time and WCW, and some guys watched both, um, and, and like Susan's experience, she was a WCW fan and wasn't a diehard WWF, um, yeah. but Shane, Shane, do you find yourself ever playing the uh, the Jeff the ref position and having to referee uh, disputes or debates or squabbles between uh, you know page members? When, when do you really. get called into it? Not really. I mean, I'll let I'll let Mike answer that. Mike kind of sees from the sidelines my moderating, but um, again, I let I let everything go until, uh, as, as you've experienced, uh, unless there's really bullying or name-calling or racist comments. Um, I do have alerts set up, and it says now uh, keyword alerts in the group. I can click on that and go through certain kind of words that could come to your mind right now that you want to be alerted for. But that, there's not fun in that, in my experience, going through and removing a comment unless it's really far out there. Mike, what's your experience with my moderating? You know, I think Shane's a good moderator, and I think one thing that I admire about Shane uh, for the last couple of years is that I believe Shane's the only moderator in wrestling fans. It, he's okay. a one-man show, and he's moderating 32,000 people in there. And That's you've impressive. you got the types like Chris Old from yeah. the UK, and, and uh, you've got the types that uh, if Mike Messier posts something, they're immediately going to shut it down or be offended because they know my history of provoking and and asking the tough questions that a lot of wrestling fans, in my opinion, don't want to ask themselves, which is point blank. If we're not enjoying this show, whether it's AEW Dynamite or Monday Night Raw or any other show, why watch it? And sometimes what I've experienced in wrestling fans, to give people a little uh, inside baseball type of thing, is that it's more fun a lot of times to check in there after a Monday Night Raw that's god-awful or a pay-per-view that's... Uh, comes up a bit short it's more fun to see the depression and the sadness of disappointed wrestling fans and provoking them and saying why did you guys watch this i mean shane remembers when i started uh, raw protest a couple of years ago 
and uh, people were offended that I would tell people to live their own lives instead of being uh, adherent to the Vince McMahon Northeast uh, wrestling. And as Susie has lived her life uh, remembering the good old days of Dusty Rhodes, Magnum T.A., Nikita Koloff, uh, Ted DiBiase before he was the Million Dollar Man, back when he was hitting people with a loaded glove, uh, Ronnie Garvin throwing a pop, uh, popcorn into uh, Ted DiBiase's face in Baltimore. Those were the real professional wrestling days. And what I try to do, everybody, is I try to educate today's millennial fan that professional wrestling was better 30 years ago. And all they have to do is tap a couple of buttons to YouTube and find some good Crockett Cup 87, some Bunkhouse Stampede 86, and enjoy wrestling the way it should be, which was uh, not in this generation. And I just wish more wrestling fans would take the time to watch Starkey 83 and educate themselves to how professional wrestling should be. Well, why don't you, you, you uh, tell us about your angry, angry wrestling fan gimmick there, uh, Mikey? <laughs> Well, it's not even a gimmick. It's it's a way of life, and it's it's. I feel as the angry wrestling fan that I'm speaking for a lot of people, for the silent masses who who have been shut down and constantly disappointed. Uh, Susan tonight has has told us about it, and I don't know if Susan remembers or was old enough to remember uh, Black Sunday when Vince McMahon came onto WTBS and ruined professional wrestling on WTBS with his god-awful WWE product or WWF product, but that was a dark day that uh, Saturday yeah. territory system. Black well, Saturday. Black that, Saturday, thank you. Here, here's the, the thing, though, Mike. Is it your job to sit there and tell fans that they're wrong for watching it or liking it today? Is that your job as a fan? Or can you just sit back and go, you know what, y'all like it, so be it. I don't care for it, enough said. It's a personal responsibility that I take upon myself because of the humanity that I feel for today's wrestling fan. Because I know when I was a youth, Jeff, and I didn't know any better, I remember thinking that Terry Funk, what's he doing wrestling Ric Flair in Baltimore? Terry Funk was a guy that lost a Moondog spot at the Wrestling Classic 1985. Why is he True. doing the world title match at, uh, with Ric Flair? And someone had to educate me and take me aside and show me uh, the evolution of Terry Funk. So I feel like I'm passing the baton of wrestling knowledge to these young, uh, idiotic millennial fans who don't know any better. I'm trying to educate these little uh, bastards. Uh, well, I, I hear you. And I, <laughs> I, I want it too, except for... I mean, you know, some of them, if you come at them with a direction of this is why it was better because of, and you can give them an example of, we'll just say Susan, myself, whoever, when we would go to our local arena and would be sold out at 10, 15, 20,000 people on a weekly basis or a monthly basis, that's what we remember. That's what we grew up loving. That's what we liked. And we want it back again. And it will never happen. And no. And that, and and I think Jeff, I think that's what uh, what grieves Mikey and people like myself so much is that we grew up with a certain feel and flavor. I I, I felt it too, and, and and I can I can accept the new flavor. Look, if here's the thing, wrestling is like ice cream. Yep. If you don't like chocolate, you got vanilla. If you don't like vanilla, there's strawberry. 
If you don't like any of them, there's there's Rocky Road. You, and there's all kinds of flavors out there. You know, and Mikey, you you really have to like stop being so shy and speak your mind. You know. Well, look, I remember, and I don't know everybody's uh, situations, but I remember going to the Baltimore Arena and having uh, chills up my young spine knowing that with with 13,000 other hardcore wrestling fans in Baltimore, uh, we were about to go see the Road Warriors wrestle with their spikes on and destroy the Midnight Express, and we knew that we were in town for a fight. And these fans would go see Joey Ryan flip people around with his magical penis, and they go to see Tommaso Ciampa take his thumb and stick it up Jushin Liger's buttocks, and they go to see... Uh, Candice LeRae or Candice LaRue and all these women wrestlers who couldn't carry uh, Medusa's uh, gym bag or they couldn't uh, tie Wendy Richter's uh, boots to her feet. These young wrestling uh, people, these immigrants to my sport, think that they're going to take over with their millennial uh, misinformation about what is and what isn't professional wrestling. I'm sorry, these NXT war games are not war games. Uh, if you're going to have war games, there has to be blood, juice. Someone has to take a razor blade and slice their forehead open to entertain me. Okay, I don't see. Unfortunately, in this day and age, the minute they're going to start slicing, you're going to. The minute they start slicing their head, you're going to have a group of fans that go, "Oh, they're encouraging cutting themselves. Oh, we can't do that." And Shame. Look at what happened. Oxley and Omega had their battle. I mean, there you I've go. seen they that way worse than that. In fact, I some of that I didn't even consider to be a hardcore match. But yeah, it was action at all. Shane, bring some civility to this. <laughs> I think Mike. I think you try to convince someone else, a younger generation, or even even the four or five of us on this call here. It's difficult to convince a wrestling fan to see something differently. Right? So I think it's a tall right. task for any of us to go in and tell someone, hey, it was better, you know, 25 years ago. I'm just very simple is, hey, I like watching wrestling, talking about wrestling. I enjoy yeah. going to shows from time to time. So I don't care what kind of wrestling you like. I don't have a lot of experience outside of WWE, WCW, AEW. Um, some of the, I don't watch New Japan or others. Right. But if you like wrestling, it's a place to, to come together and talk about wrestling. Yeah, it's Jeff, I have a question for you. Go. Okay. I've never, I've, I've never addressed this before, but I, you're the perfect guy to address it to. There are a group of wrestling fans today called loyalists. You've got AEW loyalists, WWE loyalists, New Japan loyalists. Is that encouraging or is that destructive to the wrestling culture? I think it's kind of destructive to a point because if you're if you're so loyal to one brand and you're not willing to branch out and look at other products and other what else is out there, then you're doing yourself a disservice as a wrestling fan. You're missing out on what could be and what you could actually enjoy. I mean, you know, that that's like I mean, there there are independent loyalists that are like, oh, I'm only going to go to indies. Screw the big guys. Okay. You know, why Why are you going to have that take, too? I mean, that's kind of a hot take to be going, you know. Well, bring up a good point, Jeff. There are, there are people that are indie wrestling loyalists. All they do is go to indie shows. And, and, and I'm, trust me, I love them to death because they come out to our shows. And, uh, you know, me being affiliated with VCW, 
I mean, we got we have our our loyal fan base that we can count on be there at every single one of our shows, and I love them. I love every one of them. And but there comes a time where some of those loyalists can almost be a cancer for their their brand. I mean, like when AEW came out, and you had the angry WWE fan who wanted AEW to be their new answer. It was like, yeah, screw you, screw you. If yeah. you like the WWE, ah, I, I hate know, right? Out yeah, there. you like the WWE and anything they do, rah. Why? Why can't well, I sit there? That that brings me to a question that I have for you and Shane. Does social media have a responsibility to play referee at this point? Go ahead, Jeff. Oh, man. I don't know that they got a response. I think that they just sum up some, I don't know about a referee per se as it is. When I say when I say social media, I mean like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's I, I, I think that, you know, you're going to have your loyal fans and then you're going to have people that defend them and, and then the people that are against them. I think the loyal fans turn people off from their brand quicker than anything else. I agree. And I mean, I, you know, my, my, I had a friend of mine, he compared, he compared wrestling loyalists to the Dallas Cowboy fans. He said, whereas we got our five rings, we haven't been to the playoffs in 15 years, but we got five rings. Yeah, Look I get you. Over here. You, you, you better like the Cowboys because everybody else sucks. Yeah. You know, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I mean, I like the Redskins. I admit they suck. You know, I'm okay, with my, I'm okay with my three rings. And, 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 you know, I don't need you to, to tell me why your team is better than mine. You know, like, it, you know, so, but I, I don't know that you can referee at, on social media, but so much. I mean, everybody has a, a, should have a voice. And it's a matter of how loud are you making your voice? And are you using it for the betterment and the good for the good? There you go. Versus. Yeah, Angelo, I think social media is great for wrestling. Think about Halftime Heat we had recently brought back. Halftime Heat yeah. or the network. Think about the WWE network. Uh, now we have Disney Plus. That was kind of uh, came from the success of Disney Network. But if it weren't for the social media, we wouldn't see some of these um, dream matches or this network or the um, content available. So I think it's just a forum uh, for people to go there and talk wrestling. So I don't think I need a referee, but if it weren't for social media, I think uh, we wouldn't have the content we have today. Yeah, well, Mikey, you're chomping at the bit. Go ahead. Well, I have one more thing to chime in, and I'll let Mikey go. Hang oh, on. Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. Social media does also work to the benefit of a lot of the wrestlers today, the indie boys especially. Yeah. Point, Jordan yeah. Oliver and the stuff that went right? viral. Because of that clip, Jordan Oliver has now gotten booked overseas. And whether you like his style or not, that's not for anybody to judge. He was able to pick up bookings because of it. And I'm all for them using social media to get, if that is able to get them over, by all means. Yeah. Jeff, is that the new booking tool, do you think? I think that a lot of the younger generation, the millennials that Mikey's so against there, the millennial wrestler, are actually using it to their advantage. They're using it to get work. Yeah, I mean, because, okay, back when I, I started out as a referee, 
it was mail me your date, brother, and I'll let you know if I can give you work or, yeah. you know, right. just show up. And, I, you know, I, if I got a spot for you, I'll give you one. And I may drive five or six hours to your show for you to go, sorry, brother, I ain't got nothing for you to do. Right. right. Yeah, and yeah. Now I can sit there and go, here's my YouTube link. Here's a five-minute clip. You tell yep. me if you want me or not. Yep. Yeah, and you know what, Jeff? Having promoted for 22 years, I can tell you, I'm the guy that used to have to go through those tapes and headshots, you know, and it, you know, and if you had, you know, 17, 18 guys on your show that night and five guys just showed up with their gear bag, yep. you tried your best to give everybody something to do, but it's damn near impossible yep. when you've got a, a loaded card. Well, I was going to go ahead, Mikey. I guess I wanted to chime in on a couple of topics that came and went uh, before I got to chime in before. If I oh, well, bring, bring them back, Mike. Okay, well, I wanted to say, first of all, Rocky Soulman Johnson uh, was one half of the first African-American WWF World Tag Team Champions with Tony Absolutely. Atlas. Uh, they were, in fact, called the Soul Patrol to, to some extent, although that nickname wasn't prevalent often. It was usually just Johnson and Atlas. Um, right. Rocky, before, before that, Rocky Johnson had a feud that was really an overlooked feud these days, and even at the time, with Magnificent Morocco, and it was actually kind of a warm-up feud to warm up Morocco for Jimmy Superfly Snuka, and eventually Tito Santana, but a lot of people uh, talk about the Snuka Morocco feud, but they forget about the Johnson Morocco feud, that was a great feud. Um, Rocky Johnson actually teamed up with Special Delivery Jones in the Capitol Center in Landover, Maryland in yeah. main event matches against Playboy Buddy Rose and Ray the Crippler Stevens. Uh, Johnson, Atlas, and SD uh, tag-teamed, the three of them, against the Wild Samoans. And that was the uh, final match on a show that also included Bob Backlund defending the world title against Ivan Koloff and a Snooker Morocco match. So Rocky Johnson was a big-time player um, unfortunately for Rocky, he kind of peaked a year or two, or probably about three years before WrestleMania won. Uh, so it's one of those guys, Rocky Johnson, a few others, who peaked a little bit too soon uh, to really cash in on some of those big paydays and the pay-per-view and all that. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about, guys, was um, this AEW adding a second show. I'm going to offer a different opinion. I think that it is good that they're going to have a second show because guess what? They're already doing a second show. They're already doing AEW Dark on YouTube. So as long as they're providing content already, why not maximize your audience? Why not? Uh, and I think the thing that you have to look the same at. Thing, time out. The same thing that happened with WCW is going to end up. And the same thing has happened with, with WWE. Eventually have too much content out there and you're going to burn out your fan. Well, Jeff, that you know, Mikey brings up a point. He talks about AEW Dark being on YouTube. Yes. Now, let us all remember that NWA Power is also on YouTube, and in all honesty, not doing all that particularly well. So is YouTube even a player in the wrestling market, Shane? Yeah, I would say, again, like AEW After Dark on Tuesdays. Um, I thought WWE had some versions of online content to YouTube. Or I thought, didn't the 24 by 7 title start out online, and now it changes online sometimes? It does so it's from pushing, time to time. It's pushing people, people to Facebook. 
the only other major one right now is MLW that has YouTube coverage. And but MLW has also got they're on the BN network as well, which is on cable. So Jeff, is is YouTube legitimate coverage? I think it is. Mikey, your thoughts. Well, here's my thoughts, guys, and let me finish my point here. The reason why we're we're looking at this from a rest from our own perspective, like, hey, we're already investing two hours of AEW a week into our wrestling watching schedule, and we don't want to do that. That's how some of us are looking at that. What I want you to do is to look at it from the network's perspective. Professional wrestling, no matter what the group, is always going to get a, a minimum number. Okay, you could have AWA on these days, and a minimum number of fans will watch it because, quite simply, they're addicted to wrestling. So if you right. have a, a baseline audience, even if it's 500,000 people are going to watch this second show, TNT sees that as a worthy investment. They can put stars of their weekly uh, serial shows uh, or, or uh, basketball players, NBA players, whatever they want to cross-promote, Professional wrestling, and Angelo, you know better than I, but as far as like a big-time sporting event, professional wrestling compared to the National Basketball Association, where you have right. to have 32 teams, a different team in every city, you have to have a 20,000-seat arena, you have to have cheerleaders, you have to have Charles Barkley, professional wrestling where you need Cody Rhodes and 29 other guys on a card in a ring in an arena, it could be a 5,000-seat arena, it's, it's a... It's a cost-effective way to provide programming with a built-in uh, base audience of at least 500,000, 750,000, and you can build from that. So yeah. I think TNT was smart to, to bring AEW in for another three years. The, the second yeah. show, it's, it's probably not going to get the same rating as AEW, but in right. this day of a fractured audience, we have to remember we're dealing with a fractured audience. You have PlayStation 5. You have YouTube, you have Hulu, you have uh, movie theaters, all these things that people are going to do besides sit home and watch TV. Uh, the, the numbers that AEW are bringing, although small in comparison to the old WTBS Saturday Night 605 rating or the Monday Night Raw rating of 1998, right. it's a good rating by today's fractured audience standard. Okay. Susie, you've got... Uh... Yeah. There are five people in in this call tonight. Four of them are uh, uh, inside wrestling smart marks, talking heads. You are the true casual fan among us. Do you consider YouTube and social media a legitimate platform to watch your wrestling? Um, I personally don't watch you any much on YouTube. As far like. On, I don't watch the, the AEW Dark. I don't watch um, NWA Power Hour. Um, occasionally, I'll go on there to watch clips. Mostly, it's stuff from older wrestling. It's not current stuff. But um, I think the social media, it helps and it, it hurts. Because sometimes... Things are done and they're out there, and then the, you lose a lot of the mystique that used to be around wrestling. And it used to be the stuff 
other people in. Now, pretty much, everything's out there. It's hard to get out the secret about it. Very good point. Okay. Uh, what do you think, Jeff? And that's not me, the true laughing. I know, before it, before it was almost impossible to get to know the wrestlers as far as through, just through watching. You've seen their wrestling personality, that was it. So as far as that goes, it's nice to see the other side of them and doing things that, you know, weren't done back in the day. But then again, so much controversy plays out in the social media now that and people reveal things or like they'll go to a show and there's no, it takes a lot of the element of surprise out of wrestling that used to exist. Let's talk about that. Susie, I'm going to stop you there. Jeff, let's talk about the element of surprise. I want you and Shane to jump in here. Okay. Um, as far as what social media taking away the element of surprise, I mean, yeah, are there too I, many I, uh, too, oh, too many smart marks? No, I, I wholeheartedly wholeheartedly agree. I think the internet and the and I blame the I have blamed the internet. I have blamed Dave Meltzer. I have blamed it all for why wrestling can't be what we as a four, even five of us, all grew up enjoying and liking and watching and whatever because you know, okay. Yes, Dave Meltzer existed back in the 80s from 83 on up. Pretty much he had a dirt sheet out there. However, not so many people knew about it existing other than real insiders. You know? right. And us as wrestling fans, we depended on the wrestling magazines to give us our info. And then, then there became a thing in the 90s where it was the wrestling news hotlines. And not the 900 numbers, but... People's homes where they would report from Meltzer's uh, dirt sheets. So you would call right. up and you would, it was like literally on their answering machine, and you would call up and hear it for like a five minute clip of yeah. whatever was going on. Sure. And it, it, did that ruin, ruin, ruin it for me as a fan? No, because half the time of what you would hear and read, you would be like, as bullshit anyway. And now it's almost like they don't want to be wrong. So. Everybody in the world wants to jump on it, and then because of the internet, because of, of social media, everybody now thinks that they can be a critic. And your thing exactly. what may be a favorite match of yours may not be mine. That doesn't mean you're wrong. Just because Dave Meltzer may have not rated a five star in his mind doesn't mean it wasn't in mine. Yeah. So, yeah. what about you, Shane? Yeah, I think you're going to have that for years and years and years. I think we would have had that back in the 90s as well if there was a, if there was a platform for it. I think the WWW just got started back in the ni late 90s, early early yep. 2000s. I think we would have had that those kind of debates then too. But conversely, think about uh, CM Punk returning a few weeks ago to, to backstage. I didn't watch backstage um, until I saw CM Punk return. Right? So because, because I saw CM Punk on social media... I then tuned into this backstage app or the, the the show, or DDP Diamond Dallas Page returned last week. So yep. it's cool to see a few things that are not spoiled, or where I see oh Diamond Dallas Page is wrestling tonight. 
So I'm going to tune into AEW because there are certain things I'm getting glimpses of because of social media. So for me, it's an extension of watching the show. The last thing I'll say. Susie, let me ask you a question. Has social media uh, in any way influenced your opinion of a particular wrestler? No. I make opinions about them. I'll see things and think, okay, maybe they shouldn't have done that or they shouldn't have said that or I get where people are saying that, but to me, it, I make my own opinion and I'm not afraid to express my opinion. I will go in there and I'll deliberately know that they're going to jump on me for my opinion and I'll still post it and I'm, I'm waiting for it. Sometimes I'll even tag at the bottom feel free to attack or whatever I'm ready or something like that just because I know it's coming. But they don't, I don't let people affect my thoughts on any one particular wrestler that way, no. What, what is your take there, Mikey? I mean, do you think social media has kind of ruined it for the modern fan as far as them being able to get it out there, you know, you're able to find out maybe the Royal Rumble uh, spoilers ahead of time to where you're like, yeah, screw it, I ain't going to watch it now. I think social media has ruined pro wrestling less than social media has ruined a lot of other things, namely people's attention span, namely their emotional growth and their interaction with other humans, dating. Uh, you know, dating, you can't even approach a, a young woman or an older woman in a supermarket or, or anywhere in person now. You have to go to their Instagram page and, and like their uh, Instagram modeling page before you ask them out on a date. And then, and you're a deviant because you actually want to go on a date with a female instead of just buying her ridiculous poster or whatever else is going on with these people. So for me, if professional wrestlers... Uh, were to use social media to their advantage and uh, people like Chris Jericho and to his credit, Kenny Omega, I don't give him credit very often, but about three or four years ago, Omega and Jericho worked a feud on social media. And then Jericho showed up in the Tokyo Dome and it was a big shocking surprise and that was a big crazy thing. If the wrestlers uh, were to manipulate social media and to give them a little bit of credit, MGF has done some of this, um, then, then they'd be okay. But when you see wrestlers wrestling each other in a 200 uh, audience, a 200 person audience, and then tweeting, hey, bro, great match we had tonight, bro, hugs and kisses, uh, then that kind of kills it. Yes, Kayfabe is dead. Yes, we buried her a long time ago next to the corpse of Katie Vick. But we don't have to rub the salt in the wound. And, and disrespect people and say, thanks for the great match, brother. See you next time I'm in town at the Waffle House. But you I know what? I have a little bit of respect. Okay, but that I would actually challenge. That would actually be on the older wrestlers that are in the locker rooms today. That is on them to tell the younger generation that's coming up. Don't go out there and do this shit, please. It's up to the promoter even to go. If y'all go out there and you're going to tweet about how great of a match you had other than the fans, I don't want to see it. And if you do, I'm not going to use you again. I agree with you, Jeff. I agree. But uh, about three years ago, I took issue. uh, I I paid a compliment to a wrestler 
Uh, he used to be Cesaro's tag team partner of Ring of, Ring of Honor, uh, uh, Chris Hero. Yep. I paid him a compliment on on Twitter, and I said, you're much better than some of your thumb-in-the-butt wrestling contemporaries. And Chris Hero took issue with me, and he said that the thumb-in-the-butt spot with Tommaso Ciampa, Juice Tiger, and the rest of them was a wonderful thing. Uh, that was a PGA, a P PWA thing in California where Tommaso Ciampa and Jushin Liger inserted their thumbs into each other's buttocks, and I took issue with that, and Chris Hero defended it. And other, uh, other wrestling supposed fans... They will. No, they will defend it. I mean, certain guys who... Nothing to defend. Certain guys who come from that generation, they're going to defend it because they, they, see, they see it from a different set of eyes than even you or I or even older fans do. And... and Again, though, when I say the older veterans, I mean, I'm talking, if you got a Ron Simmons on your show, it would be not, and I've seen him do it, it would be nothing for him to pull somebody aside and go, hey, you're a heel. Why are you going out there amongst the fans right now when everybody else is? Right. Right. You know, and, and that kind of thing. Guys, I have had a wonderful time, but you know what? We're getting ready to have to wrap it up, so I'm going to go ahead and let everybody get their social media plugs in there and whatnot. On behalf of uh, Wrestling with the Future, I am Jeff the Ref. That is Angelo, Psychic Angelo over there. We are found, we are found on all your. Uh, <laughs> we are found on all of your platforms. To hear uh, is Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. Give us a like. Give us a download. Give us a five stars, and we'd appreciate it. And uh, we're gonna be we're up there on YouTube as well. And tomorrow night, our very special guest is going to be the one, the only baby doll. And I'm looking forward to having Miss Nicola Roberts on tomorrow night, the perfect dinner. So I'm going to go ahead and I would go ahead and tell us about the wrestling fan page and everything else you want to plug there. Great. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Angelo, for the invite. Susie, great talking to you. Mike, as always. Quite a welcome, Shane. If you are a fan of wrestling fans, I enjoy having discussions with you on there. If you're not yet a fan. Look for Wrestling Fans on Facebook or Wrestling Fans 84, I believe, on Twitter. There you go. And Mikey. Well, oh, Mike. Jeff, Jeff the Ref, uh, you might be within uh, driving distance. Uh, I'm still here, yeah. Uh, you might be within driving distance, Jeff the Ref, of my event on Super Bowl, uh, well, the big game day, let's just call it that. February 2nd, I will be in Wilmington, North Carolina at 4 o'clock, Sherry Mike Messier Films. It's uh, Mike, uh, Rody Woods uh, Films and Football Fiesta. Look for that on Facebook. Rody Woods Film and Football Fiesta. 4 p.m., Mike Messier shares his films, Q&A. At 6.30, we will be watching the big game. Uh, and, and people can come and have a great time. All right. And Susie, do you have anything you want to plug? No. All right. Really. Well, thank you. Twitter, Regan. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us tonight, Susan. It was a pleasure having you on there. Getting a female fan perspective of, of things, too. I mean, uh, I think it's very interesting, you know, in uh, everything. So, Thank everyone very much for coming on tonight. We greatly appreciate it. Everyone have a wonderful night. Goodbye. Take care, guys. I'm Jeff the Ref. Angelo. I'm Psychic Medium Angelo saying we will see you at the matches. And happy wrestling, everybody. Bye-bye.